Many of you know that uh, today is graduation Sunday. We'll uh, say more about that in the announcements and, and celebrate all the graduates uh, at the 11:15 service. But our preacher this morning is the one and only and wonderful Sally Boyd. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. My name is Sally Boyd, um, and I am a senior graduating from Darnell Cookman, and I'm honored to be preaching today. When I first read the gospel for today, where Jesus is having one of the last conversations he'll have with his disciples, verse 34 stood out to me. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Well, I thought, we already had commandments. If Jesus is specifically saying that this is a commandment, there must be a reason, right? So I went back to Exodus 20, where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Only worship God, don't worship idols, don't take the Lord's name in vain, remember the Sabbath, honor your parents, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Seems like a pretty solid moral code, right? But Almost every other religion has a moral code. Hinduism has the ten yamas, Islam has the five pillars. And as much as we'd like to think that we're different from those other religions, there are actually quite a few parallels between the Ten Commandments and other religious codes. Except we are different. When Jesus commanded us to love one another as he loved us, he gave us something that other religions don't have. Neither the ten yamas or the five pillars mention loving others especially not loving others the way that Jesus loves us. This is what makes Christians different. To quote our scripture from today, by this everyone will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The love we show for others is evidence of our relationship with God. As Christians, we are called to emulate Jesus' sacrificial love, the kind of love that made him die for our sins so that we could live in fellowship with Christ. Jesus is calling us to love everyone, the people we like, the people we don't like, and the people we don't even know. It's easy to love the people we already like. I like my friends. I like my family, most of the time. It's innate. It's the most natural thing in the world. The sky is blue, the grass is green, and I love my family and friends. But how often do I actually show it? It's easy to forget to show your love when it's assumed that it already exists. Of course I love my mom, and my mom knows that I love her. But when was the last time I actually went out of my way to show her? You've probably heard of the five love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. They are all great ways to show your love for people you like, but I am especially fond of gift giving. I like to bring home little treats for my parents. I'll share snacks with my friends. I'll cover my friends if we're out and they're like a little short. All of these are ways I try to remind those I like of my love. Of course, you don't have to do any of this to actually love someone. This just makes it easier for them to recognize it. Loving people you don't like, however, is a little harder. I think this is something that everyone has trouble with, myself included. I wish I could stand up here and say that I have the answer for how to love difficult people, but I can't. 
However, two strong women in my life have given me advice on how to love those you don't like. Hannah Barden, our youth director, likes to say, you don't have to like them, you just have to love them. This makes sense in the context of my own life. For instance, I don't always like my brother, but I do always love him. I don't like that one annoying kid in my class, but I still try to say hi to them in the hallway and act pleasant when they get on my nerves. But how do we actively love these people? Well, the most obvious answer is to pray for the difficult people in your life, because it's likely that you are also someone's difficult person. Pray for your relationship. Pray for their well-being, because even if you don't like them, you still probably don't want them to drop dead. Another way to love difficult people comes from my mom. I'm admittedly a pretty sensitive person, and I'm liable to feel like any comment is a personal attack on me. My mom, probably tired of my drama, started telling me to assume the best in people. I think this is actually pretty great advice. When we assume the best intentions from others, we choose to see them as fellow children of God. Trying to see the good in those we can't stand, I think, is a gesture of love for that person. Strangers. Strangers can be both the easiest and the hardest people to love. They're easy to love because we don't know them. We don't know their faults nor their circumstances, so it makes it easier for us to give them grace. However, strangers are also difficult to love. Oftentimes, showing love to strangers can be awkward or even inconvenient, but I believe it is one of the clearest ways to follow Jesus' new commandment. It's easy to love those you like, and it's simple to love your enemies out of self-righteousness. But to love those that you don't like is to show a love for all humanity. There's been one experience in particular that has shaped how I love strangers. In ninth grade, I began volunteering at St. Mary's Food Pantry. I was just a tag-along little sister, really. My brother needed service hours for school, which meant that every Tuesday, I too was shuttled over to St. Mary's. You meet all kinds of strangers at St. Mary's. Young people, old people, able-bodied people, disabled people, people living in a house, people living on the street, people of all races and ethnicities. Some people are exceedingly grateful for our help and won't stop thanking us. Others are a little less happy and aren't afraid to make that clear. No matter who they are, though, we still try to treat everyone with kindness and compassion. You eventually separate the people from their situations because at the end of the day, they're at the food pantry to get food, and I'm at the food pantry to help them get it. I might be the only person who's asked them how they're doing that day. Complimenting their shirt might make them feel a little bit more like they belong. Chatting about different recipes they could try with their produce may be the first time in a while anyone's shown any real interest in them. It doesn't cost me anything to talk to these people, but I may be making their day. Or maybe I'm not. Either way, I'm trying to love them the way that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves people regardless of their appearance, situation, or attitude. Therefore, so should we. All this being said, we can never truly love others the way Jesus loved us. After all, if God's grace was a Keurig, it would have no Maxville line. God's love for the world is so great that it actually has its own word that's used throughout the New Testament, agape. It's the kind of sacrificial love that caused Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the whole world. As my favorite verse, 
1 John chapter 4:19 says, "We love because he first loved us." Jesus gave us the ultimate example of love when he died for our sins and was resurrected. We as Christians are given an opportunity to reflect that love to others. Because of God's unimaginable love for us, we are able to love the people we like, the people we don't like, and the people we don't even know. Every day, we get the chance to show this sacrificial love. We can sacrifice our time by being a listening ear to our friend. We can sacrifice our resources by buying the person on the side of the road a meal. We can sacrifice our ego by biting back those cruel words we want to say. And in doing this, we become closer to Jesus. By this love, we are being God's disciples. The Ten Commandments told us how to love, but Jesus showed us how to love by loving us. Amen.